welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some very exciting news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available in the USA. Tap the link in the description to grab a copy today so you can make small shifts to become a calmer, happier, and more productive version of yourself. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by best friends Lisa and Sarah, a powerful and funny duo with infectious personalities. After meeting in their 30s, their extraordinary chemistry and genuine friendship landed the pair local and national radio shows with Australia's largest media network, Southern Cross Osterio, as those two girls. In 2020, Lisa and Sarah launched 40, a podcast for the middle years, which was downloaded more than 2.5 million times. And in 2022, their first book, 40 Favours the Brave, was published. They currently present and produce a weekly podcast, The Lisa and Sarah Show, as well as getting creative with other projects such as Disco Club and The Friendship Project. As sought-after presenters, podcasters, authors and mothers, Lisa and Sarah speak openly and honestly as we discuss forming bravery and self-confidence, setting boundaries and learning how to say no and what they do to protect their mental health. Let's get started. Lisa and Sarah, I am absolutely thrilled to have you today on the EQ Minds podcast. Thanks for coming on my show. Thanks for having us. So your story is a great one. You know, you met each other back in your 30s. You formed this obviously fantastic bond and then blasted onto the Australian media scene in 2017. And you have this incredible and hilarious podcast, 40, which I literally bend over and herniate myself when I'm listening to you too, when I'm walking around listening to your podcast. And and you've also just written a book, 40 Favours the Brave. And so I thought we could start kind of how you met and, and a little bit about your story, please. So Lise and I met online. We were about 32, 33. We were both pregnant with our second children and we met when they were four months old. So we'd been talking online. We both had blogs at that stage, which were de rigueur back in that era. They sound so lame now. And we avoided saying that we had blogs for quite a while because it just seemed so poxy. But now we're back to embracing it. And we had people who were reading our work, mutual friends, and they were like, Sarah, I really think you should get on to Lee's Carlo. She's very funny and got a similar sense of humour. Lisa's friends were saying the same things to her and it turns out we had all these mutual friends in common and we should have crossed paths multiple times in our youth and 20s but we didn't and when we finally met the bubs were four months old and we just we just hit it off in a way that has never happened with another woman friend in my life like it was it was weird how how easily we we talked the conversations we covered it was a five-hour marathon of mining each other like getting up to speed on the three decades that we missed and then we haven't really stopped I suppose but I think that the difference in that instant connection which it was is that there was an immediate recognition that we could do something in business together Mm-hmm. So that took four months. That, wasn't no, well, it was immediate for me. Was it? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm like, shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. She's gonna make me some money. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, but by that I think we instantly knew that uh, professionally we had very complementary backgrounds. I think that was probably step one in recognising, oh, you started in journalism, I started in journalism, oh, you did theatre? Well, I didn't, but I worked in in the fashion industry and that there's a performative element to that. Um, oh, you like doing weird Irish dancing when nobody's watching? Me too. You're very funny. So are you and so on and so forth. So I think I think pretty quickly we knew that it would be more than a friendship. Yeah. I think it surprised the people in our lives because I think I must have been incessantly talking about Lee's and this new woman that I'd met, um, like it was a romantic relationship. <laughs> and we actually, you know, a few weeks in, we had to try and wean ourselves off conversations because we were in exactly the same stage of life with kids, the, same, the youngest kids the same age, and we would just be on at nighttime, chatting for a couple of hours during the day. Brainstorming. Brainstorming. Like, like it was, it just, we do say it cracked something open inside of us, and it really did. It's incredible. And your book is amazing. I'm so glad you've you've gone and put that out into the world because I feel like going into this decade, you know, people people really struggle with with being brave and, and having self-confidence and as you, you're hitting these older decades. And I would love some of your advice really uh, for my audience around who, who they want to become braver and they want to get more self-confident and any tips for them? I think I think it's important to state that because there are two of us, the bravery feels halved. You know, like I, I don't think I could have achieved or put myself out there as much as I have without Sarah's backing. Um, and I think you feel the same way. There's something. Oh, you're redundant. I would, have, <laughs> I would have done it without you. Rubbish. Rubbish. I just wouldn't have succeeded. <laughs> Everyone would have laughed at you. I'm like, what a loser. <laughs> Go back to your day no, job. But there's, a, there's an invincibility in having one another where we say what's the worst that can happen. We say it, I would say, at least once a week. That's something that a tool that we find useful that I think maybe your listeners, I mean, it's what we say to our kids all yeah. the time. It's not groundbreaking, but what's the worst that can happen? People laugh. People don't buy tickets. People don't read the book. People don't put us on radio. Can we live with that? Yes or no. And then the other tool that we use a lot which I think does play into confidence, is the three-second rule. Mm. I think that's a that's a good one um, whereby when we're making a decision or trying to flesh something out, one of us will stop the other and say, okay, have a three seconds, one, two, three, what do you really feel about it? And if we can't answer it, if it mm. usually we can, we'll know instinctively what what do our guts feel about this but I think that plays into confidence because as you get older you get better at fine-tuning that instinct and then I think as far as being brave in another way it's looking at if there's something in your life that's really sucking your energy out whether you're, you're over you're thinking about things too much or it's, it makes you feel a bit ick when you contemplate doing it um I think you've got to take a good, long, hard look at, at what those things are, why they're not working for you and 
if you can change them, change them because that's the position we were in when we were 39 and we were unhappy and frustrated with certain things that were going on. Some of them were the same in our lives, others were different. And so that was that kind of midway point in your life where you're like, right, this isn't working anymore, X, Y, Z, going to try something new, try a new path. There's a real audit process that keeps on happening for us in this decade. So I would say 39, entering our 40th, 40th year, there was that massive moment. And then there's been another auditing process this year for yeah. us where we've had to um, pivot again in our business, in our in everything we do, and we've had to strip everything back and re- rebuild in yeah. a sense. But then figuring out what you won't compromise on through all that. So Lise and I have always decided our friendship is more important than any any business outcome, commercial or what opportunity. Have you. Yeah. That's the thing that we cherish and preserve and and protect. So when you've got that as your benchmark, it kind of makes other decisions pretty easy. I love that. I love that. And it, it sounds like you're very clear on on your boundaries. And I think that's a really important part. Like it, it's it's a priority and it's actually vital, right? In form in the form of self-respect and, and looking after yourself and self-care. And those boundaries, they're critical. If you don't have boundaries, it's the fastest way that we see that people burn out. And so how do you say no? You know, I'm sure you get offered all these amazing opportunities all the time. How do you say no to those? What are some of your boundaries that you have in your life? Hmm. Well, I think we figured out what the boundaries are the hard way. So going back to what Sarah said before, when we were 39, we were in jobs that on paper was were everything we dreamed of, you know, breakfast radio job, mm-hmm. national radio show job. We had two radio shows at the one time, but things came crashing down because our boundaries were compromised and we didn't know at the time. So I think now we won't or we'd be very careful doing anything that requires us to wake up before 3 (laughs) a.m which was the case and we said yes to that because for a time we could sustain that and then it became unbearable to the point of affecting our well-being so and then I think we went into this kind of cocoon of saying no to everything Mm -hmm. and it's probably only been in the last five months but I think we flipped it and are back to saying yes to other things. I think there's a lot of family stuff make up our boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, our children are sort of between summer and high school, some are still in mid-primary school. So at the moment, as much as we love opportunities coming our way at the moment. What seems to be important to both of us is being home to either drop off or pick up the kids. Either end of the day, if we can be there most days, and we know that that's a massive privilege, but we seem to be making decisions at the moment that mean that we're home a lot. Um, so I think family family life are big boundaries for us. Um, and, and the fact is a lot of that is the default. It falls to us because our husbands are shift workers or FIFO workers. So, mm. I mean, there's the facts. You yeah. can't, it's not like 
oh, share the load. No, their job won't allow them to no. share the load. So yeah. we have to, because we've been in the position where family life has suffered. Yeah. When we have tried to have the really big jobs along with our um, partners, it's, you know, we don't want those explosions happening again. Yeah. I think that's that's fantastic though. I think you get your... I think you get to that age where you're just like, you know what, this is really important. The value is family and it's really important that we protect that. And I feel like that does come with age that you get more confident in your own skin. You get, you know, more confident in putting boundaries in place because your true friends are going to respect that and the people that don't, you kind of spring clean yeah. them out anyway. It's like a whole circle thing, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. when the kids were little and you're in those like super toddler puree sultanas in the car years, and then when everything started coming off for Lee's and I, we were like, oh, my God, we've, we've left it all behind. We've yeah. left it all behind. And then it's like you get all the signs and, like, you actually can't leave that behind yet. You've got to you've, you've got to circle back and, and now we are more, more present, I suppose. And that sounds really naff because also one of our boundaries was never banging on about being mothers. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we think that's a pretty boring conversation that just because we're women... And we've used our uterus to uh, have a couple of healthy sprogs. It's pretty boring for most people to hear about, if we're honest. People don't need to hear about our kids or or anything like that. But from a personal perspective, that's the this is the season of life yeah. we find ourselves in at the moment. It's incredible, and I love that you no longer get up for three a.m. What are some other things, you know, going into your 40s? There's obviously hormonal stuff that goes on and our company is a mental health company and we're very, very mindful through transitions of people's lives and perimenopause, menopause is a massive watch out for people's mental health. How do you both protect your mental health these days? Because you do a lot, like you do a lot. And so my audience are also very, very time compressed individuals. I'd love to know what's in the toolkit. You obviously honor your sleep now. You've got yeah, really good friendships. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, you don't bottle stuff up. I think that's something that's been huge for for me. And, and it's very common to a lot of women is sometimes you can just let things slide and then you just think, I'll bite my tongue about that. And then before you know it, you've nearly severed your tongue from biting it or holding it so much. So And that's when I think you can really overthink things and get resentful. So for me, I just whinge all the time now. (laughs) It's so freeing. Um, But, yeah, I think... uh, I I think we both... I mean, it's so boring, Chelsea, but I think it's... Yeah, why did you ask us? No, no, what's boring is the answer that I'm about to spit out next, which is whether you want to hear it or not, we both prioritise exercise. Yes. Boring as hell but true and I think our attitude and our relationship to exercise has changed fundamentally from our 30s well 20s 30s and now into our 40s where we used to be punishing cardio queens restrictive eatings at points of our lives not disordered eating wouldn't go as far as that, but you know, when we're eighties and nineties oh, babies, and we was were, on a diet, weren't yep, they? Yep. So having to undo those, just that way of thinking, I think we've achieved it in our forties. We both, we both move four to five times a week, um, well, in whatever me. capacity that is. Sometimes it's a gentle walk. Sarah's training for a half marathon. So at the moment for her, there's nothing gentle about it. It's a big thing to say, but I just haven't gotten around to it. And this time I've been okay with it. 
And I've spoken yeah. to my friends because there's been points where I'm like, why did I sign up for this stupid thing? I want to punch myself in the head. Why do I do this in term four? Because October to December is always just fraught yeah. and crazy. And then I thought, you know what? If you need to walk it, you walk it. So yeah, like, you're yeah, not, you know, not, you're not going to win it anyway. ourselves to such high high standards but just moving every day or nearly every day is really great and then I would say I mean I think I've just come back from a weekend away with girlfriends from high school um and I would say that now in my 40s I am paying attention to the things that I delight in and they can be tiny little things I know for a fact that if I have a a mug of Nescafe in the morning, preferably with my husband if he's home from a shift, that is a tiny little moment in my day that I look forward to when I go to sleep the night before, just Mm -hmm. knowing we're going to have a cup of Nescafe together, even if we're still running around doing lunch. That's just something that's really important to me. Or, um, you know, taking time out with with old friends that are still true friends, walking on the beach, dancing. Um, I posted a really embarrassing video the other day to our social media um, Mm. documenting me learning a Britney Spears choreography from 1998 because I'm like, I've always wanted to know how to do that dance and this is the most embarrassing thing, but it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So who cares? And I think taking moments like that mm-hmm. to recognise, when do I feel my best? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not fancy or, you know, I think that's that's great coming into your middle years. But I think that's beautiful. I think that's why I connect so well with, with your podcast and your book. And I think that's why our audience loves you as well, because you're so honest and real and raw and you just say it how it is. You talk about everything that we're thinking about. And I love it. Your book, 40 Favours the Brave. Look, if our audience, they want to know more, where to find you, what to do, where right. do we send them? Well, we would welcome them with open arms. Um, they sound like our kind of people. Um, first, I mean, let's start with social media, at Lee's and Sarah. That's a, a great place to start. We also have a website which is the40edit.com.au and, of course, our podcast, which is sort of our flagship product, Lee's and Sarah product, is just called 40, the word, F-O-R-T-Y. Incredible. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for coming on our show today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for asking us. A lovely conversation. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.